Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ned, where are we? Well, it feels like one of my fever dreams. <laughs> I mean, there's scary, a dirty bike stuck to the wall with a dirty T-shirt next to it. Yeah. There's a couple of virtual... What's really weird, David, is you've got a couple of virtual bike platform things. I won't mention that. Well, can we mention well, the brand? Swift. Swift, Swift, Swift it's Obviously, yeah. Swift, isn't it? That's what they do. So, Swift Station. And then, but in front of that, there's a whole... Like your entire history of kind of what seemingly Garmin jerseys, pretty yeah, much. Just like walk up and go. Yeah, it is. We just decided to put Garmin all in that room because it was kind of Garmin tax. Then there's a chandelier. There are other garments hanging from the ceiling. And there's, um, there's a bunch of shoes, probably 30, hanging seemingly in yeah. midair, yeah. suspended. Yeah. So... Uh, and you, you know what I love the most about it is that no, everybody's just ignoring us doing our live podcast. I know. We're making history here. Yeah, this is good. They don't realise it, do they? It's, it's fine. It's, yeah. I, think, I think that's yeah. what makes... But in many ways, that, that feels now. to me like the... Um, pretty much encapsulates the history of Never Stray Far, doesn't it? Oh, right. Let's, talk about, let's talk about the beer. Uh, no, the coasters. <laughs> you nearly called them beer. Well, they did, you did call them beer, Matt. <laughs> Where are the coasters? The merch. They're over there. Well, let's, put, let's get them yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, That's like... Yeah. This so are we announced, is this a product launch? This is a product launch. Well, I've been, this is a product I've been, launch. I've been very, very cleverly. Nick, Nick, who's on a microphone? Nick, can you explain? Can you just talk, just talk through, through what you've what got you're your unpacking hand? there, Nick, if you can? Well, it's quite difficult for you to do that, okay, isn't it? Because, <laughs> whoa, oh, God. All right, okay. Right, I've got it. So if I hold that, you can unpack and tell us what you... Yeah. This is a live unpacking of a, of a big poster. Yeah. Think. Well, you're mixing your terminology. Beer mats, and then we're like, maybe it's just a coast drink coaster. It's a drinks coaster. coaster. It's a drinks cases. It could yeah. be used for a martini or anything. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. It's a, um, it's a front cover of the Never Strays Far podcast, Roadbook Times Chapter 3 with David Miller and Ned Bolton. Yeah, but <laughs> that's only the start of it, isn't it? It's just one. It's one of many. Yeah. Christmas idea. <laughs> so how many are there? What do they say on each of them? Let's, let's go through the, the pedigree. So Never Strays Far is the first one. That's yeah. obviously the, the, common, the common name. The default name. Default name. The original name, yeah. Never Strays Farad. Farad, yeah. yeah, so, yeah there's a noble, a noble attempt to pronounce a lame pun. But yeah, Never Strays Farad, which is, of course, a very limited edition. I think we only had four episodes of that. It was very It may come back. Edition. It was the Deutschland but, but it Tour. It wasn't our fault. It was Deutschland Tour. 36 yeah. editions in 100 years. Oh, good start. Yeah. Not to yeah. be confused with the UAE Tour. Um, David, who won the Deutschland Tour in 2021? Outright, GC. Were uh, you listening? Patrick. No. He wasn't, he wasn't listening. Carry on. Niels Pollock. Carry on. Never Strays Farley. Oh, it's an interesting way of pronouncing it. It's wrong. <laughs> farfalle. 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 Okay, yeah, yeah. That's a classic. Hand. That's farfalle. coming back. Never stressed Farfalle might oh, yeah. be coming back Sicilia. next week. I'm oh, off to Sicily, exciting. so yeah, yeah. that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Never stressed 
farthing. Oh, that's a nice, nice That's beautifully designed, isn't it? Did I, did I pronounce that one? You, bang on, <laughs> Nick. Bang on. And finally. Um, never Stray's Fandango. Oh, not finally. Actually, there's one more after that, yeah. Never Stray's Fandango. Yeah. And the classic. Classic. Oh. They're, they're, they're all time. Thanks, Nick. And they're, they're presented in a kind of little gift wrapping situation there, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. onion wrap paper. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and right, they're going to... So we're going to sell those? Yeah, by some means but or other. They're going to... We're going to explain. Well, no, we're, they're going to... There's going to be... Um, our audience are gathering here. We yeah, they are. They're starting them. to get excited. Um, we'll just do the commercial bit before we actually Yeah, yeah, let's do that while, they, while they're, while they're um, not paying there will attention. Be, there will be, there'll be a, a website link and you'll yeah. be able to purchase them um, for, uh, for a fiver. Yeah. Five pounds. For five, one pound. For how many? For six coasters. For six drinks coasters, beautifully presented. And you can be a smart ass because only you will know what they are, you know, and all that kind of thing. And, and one pound of your five will go to the bike project uh, to uh, donate bikes to uh, refugee families. And uh, they're brilliant people and they're well worth supporting. So. Wow. There we go. There we'll, go. We'll, we'll put a link in it's the a show little, notes. It's a little dip into the world of merchandise, isn't it? To be fair, it's very good merch. And, and Vito's been, not here yet. He's it's still, been a long still, time coming yeah. as well. <laughs> But also we should perhaps, because so, Vito's on the stand at Sea yeah. So the reason we're here is this event called Sea Otter. Yeah. Um, which is such a ridiculous name for a bike expo. I know. You're going to have to explain that to me. Yeah. I don't actually know. Do you know why it's called Sea Otter, Nick? No. It's, um, but it started in California right. and it was mountain biking. Okay. And it was racing and then it turned into people putting up stalls. And, right. And so now it's actually become pretty big kind of cycling exhibition. Hold, hold that thought and we'll come to the reason why I'm here and why you're yeah, kind of like, well, yeah, it's a big deal for you. Because yeah. I'm feeling quite awkward now. We literally have a live audience that we we're just mumbling in front of. Yeah. 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 So should we, do you want to oh, just oh, do it, it, it slightly up. more? Oh, yeah. Because you're good yeah. at, I've seen you public speaking yeah. today. So do you want to yeah. call them over yeah. and maybe ask them to? Okay. Um, so everybody that's here, this is the first time, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Uh, uh, did you meet Vitor and Ross? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah cool. Um, so Actually, Ross. 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 He's, he's, he said that Vitor also, so yeah. he agreed to, to say that Vitor. Okay, good. Well, well, hang around because they'll be here soon. But while you're waiting for them, we're doing a a, a live recording of a podcast. So Ned and I. Oh, it's going to be massively entertaining and possibly interactive. Answering also, I, I've heard that you're very famous in the UK. Massively. Uh, massively. I mean, oh, massively. Oh, you know, God, yeah, well, thank we're you. from Poland, yeah. so we are not so <laughs> Brexit, etc. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry tough, about that. Things, yeah. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thank yeah, you. So, thank so, you. So. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's hard being this famous. But uh, do come and sit down because we won't just be talking about cycling. So can I invite you to maybe pull up a chair and uh, grab a drink? And would that be the right thing? That would be the right yeah. thing to do. Yeah, I think um, that would be the right thing. So be a bit more. what we're probably going to talk about mostly is... Uh, a lot of Polish people listen to our podcast. A lot of Polish oh, yeah? people listen to our podcast. A lot of... My daughter... You just sit here all night. Yeah. Sorry? My daughter is in college in Winchester. Okay, Really? Really. Okay, and she lis- listens to Never Strays Far. Yeah, all the time. Really? Okay. But she didn't tell me about you. She's 
Maybe too young. Okay. Yeah. So what if we were to do a Polish version of Never Strays Far? What is a word in Polish but that begins with far? What is it about far? actually? What it's about. So, <laughs> so I will tell you about this po- Polish version. Okay. Okay. This is very good. Um, this is good content. I am yeah, not crazy. I, like I just don't know what's, what are you doing. No, nor do we. No. And who are you? No, well, that's a... That's a very. You, I know that question. you are massively famous. <laughs> well, you're yeah, now. You're massively. Steady on, steady on. Yeah. So, um, David and I uh, commentate pr- primarily. I, I yeah. suppose what we're most known for is we commentate o- on the Tour de France for British television. Okay. Uh-huh. But, but what we're really known for is this podcast, which, um, l- I mean, you know, loosely uh, starts off talking about cycling. Okay. Which we haven't... Have we done that yet in this podcast? So Not I yet. think that I no. might have heard you because my husband, my ex-husband, is a cyclist. Yep. And the great, great admirer of Tour de France. He watches everything. Yeah. So, well... Does he listen he to our podcast? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know because no, I, sure I just... I divorced him, so... Okay. But, you know... My ex-husband, just, yeah. I was just checking. Yeah. <laughs> I was seeing if there was any. I don't know. I don't him. know. First husband, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I don't know if he listens to podcasts. So just going back to your question. Sure does. So I'm pretty sure it does. But because, we will start. So yeah? because we always commentate on bike races. I think you just yeah. keep going. I okay. think you just sit down next to her. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Just, yeah, just come on up. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to tear up the running order here, David, and start with a completely different... Um, yeah. So <clears> actually, but that's a good question, so that everyone in the room understands what Never Strays Far is. And me included. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because we commentate on bike races all the time. She's right. She's not listening. She there, doesn't does. care. It's fine. It's, uh, because yeah. we would be always focused on bike racing, and we put cans on, as they call it, in the trade, and then you're stuck in front of a TV, and uh, you watch bike racing without commentary and have to talk about it. Yeah. And so what we learned as we went on was that you had to actually talk about other stuff beyond the bike race yeah and we would often stray quite far yeah yeah and yeah. so we thought well never strays far <laughs> yeah, that's precisely indifferent <laughs> <laughs> so yeah carry on yeah so just to just to paint the picture we've got a group of people here and so what's your name Katarzyna. Katarzyna. Yes, i just wanted to tell you <laughs> yeah. that here in your presence are the parents of Agnieszka Skalniak. Right. Go on. Do you, do you know her? No. Really? She is the master in cycling. Of? Women's master of Europe. Where? In mountain biking. Not mountain biking. Górskie, czy nie? No, road. Road cycling. She's a European, European road race champion. Oh, yeah. Champion. 2015 in Richmond. And maybe this is a problem because my pronunciation is bad. So can you tell me what... Skalniak. Skalniak. Absolutely. Now I'm up to speed. These are her parents. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Fantastic. What an honor to have you here. Super cool. That's... So is she she competing at the moment in Flanders at the the world? She's been in a seven-day race in France. So, yeah, she, so she's not at the, uh, in front of the World Championships now? The, no. Right. No, not on, the world, not on those championships, yeah. 
Well, this took a thoroughly unexpected no. turn. <laughs> no. Right. No, a dlaczego? Yeah, and, and, and okay, this is good. Okay. Where? Right in France. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> so, shall we go? So, shall we bring it back? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank, thank you. I hope you enjoy the rest of this podcast. You probably won't understand much of. Um, uh, except, can I just say? Yeah, can I? Can I? Can I? Can I? This is like our best member's face for our podcast. This is gone. So she has the foundation of her daughter, her daughter's name, Agnieszka Skalniak's foundation, and they teach young children, kids. And where is this? Where in Poland? Uh, in the uh, southern part the south? of the Poland, yeah, like Saliz, uh, near, Salizia, Kra- near, no, no, near Kraków. Near Kraków. Near Kraków, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> and um, <laughs> so. <laughs> well, uh, that's that's great. I wish I I wish I spoke Polish. I I don't. I find it very difficult to pronounce. Um, can I just you know Michał Kwiatkowski? Kwiatkowski. It, ha, so how do you say Mi, Michał? Yes, in yeah, world champion. Yes, he was. Yes, is that is am I saying that right? Michał. 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 Fantastic. Michał Kwiatkowski. I've been I have been pronouncing his name like Rafa Majka. Rafa Majka. Rafa Majka. Kasia, Kasia Niewiadoma. That kills me. Kasia Niewiadoma. Kasia, Kasia Niewiadoma. Yeah, yeah. Some good Polish bike riders, yeah, aren't there? They really are. Amazing. Fantastic. Uh, um, we could carry on naming lots of them. Okay, right. We're going to we're gonna have to kick this on we're, at some point. Yeah. David, have you been watching much of the World Championships? We, at, 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 did, did you watch the time? You love a time trial. I love a time trial. Yep. So I did actually pay attention to it and saw... Um, my biggest takeaway was... Well, Van Aert actually being a little bit angry. What was he angry about? I didn't see that. He was sick of being second. Yeah. But I was like, you're not second that much. Yeah. Or he is, but he's not. Yeah. But is it, and he got so close, six seconds? Yeah, something like that. Six was it, seconds was it, to, some, to, yeah. to who was the... Ghana. 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 And then, so there are a couple of different stories which I loved in the race was my favourite cyclist as you know is Remco Evenepoel yeah and he's one of your favourite cyclists but probably my, yeah, yeah, yeah. you've got a few I've got a few I've yeah. got about yeah. six or seven yeah Sepkus Sepkus is amazing yeah. you like him um, I like him and he got third which was pretty phenomenal yeah he's about 40 seconds off though wasn't he something like that yeah, 40 seconds. but, but then again he nearly good. died last year this time last year didn't he so, so that's good. fair enough and he's back yeah. and he's kind of there to do his job and, yeah. and he's that's still pretty good for it's not bad he's like this big he's he like teeny tiny and that's yeah. me raising my hand about 4 yeah. foot 11 off of, but he's not he's like 5 foot 7 I guess six. Yeah, yeah he's small he's a pocket rocket yeah he's a pocket rocket <laughs> yeah but the two guys that beat him yeah. are uh, Filippo Ganna mm. who and uh, this is the amazing thing with Filippo Ganna is that he is so consistent Yeah, that whole year. And he, he then went and did that huge success at the Olympics. Yeah. Literally did one of the most magical things in the team pursuit. 
but he comes off it and then keeps yeah, comes out and refocuses. Funny, but you say that about him being super consistent. I'm not sure I totally agree because he's had these odd throughout this. I mean, he's so much better than everyone else in that mm. discipline right now. He's had these odd kind of outages this mm-hmm. year where he's gone. Oh, I'm not going to win this one. I'm going to turn up and not win this one and finish mystifyingly 15th or or 6th. He's done that. I think he did that um, just before the Giro in one of the time trials there. So we went into the Giro going, is Ghana still Ghana? And it turns out he is. And then he got beaten to the Italian National Championships by Mm. Matteo Sobrero, who's that tiny little dude who's more of a climber. And he went, why didn't Ghana win that? Because I didn't choose to. You know, you kind of get that sense. And then he goes... Do you know, uh, yeah. and then he goes, didn't win the European Championships. Hmm. Stefan Kung did. Yeah. And that was only two weeks before the World Championships. Turns up to World Championships, aces it. So I'm not sure I totally agree about how consistent uh, yeah, he is. I mean, it kind maybe. of over a long but period But he's time. consistent in his ability to fulfill his objectives. Very much. Well, the so one, he, yeah, he basically allows, he allows his lulls and... Yeah. But he doesn't go and hide and disappear. Yeah. Which is what a lot of riders do. Yeah. They don't like to, to lose. I was going to ask you about the whole... So Wat van Aert got the silver medal in the World Championship, right? Yeah. To a phenomenal time trialist in Filippo Ganna. You know, kind of like once in a generation. Now, in your career, you were up against a once in a generation rider, weren't you? In Fabian Cancellara. Yeah. Mostly yeah. Fabian was, Mostly was, Fabian. was the guy who yeah. kind of possibly mm. was unbeatable mm. during, the, during a three or four year yeah. period. And, it, you know, Ghana's the next one of that, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Possibly even a better one of that. So I always think in the Olympics, there's great kind of attention paid to the silver and bronze medalists mm-hmm. in any sport, actually, yeah. and cycling as well. But in the World Championships, we don't pay that much attention to the silver. What does a silver medal in the World Championships mean? Do you know what I'm getting at? Well, yeah, I do. Cause I, I you got, own I got them. two silvers you, you own and them. they don't really mean that much. I, I, it's, that's kind of cycling, though, isn't it? It's... We're not an Olympic sport. Like we're we're a professional sport. It's it's victory or nothing. Yeah. And hence why you wear jerseys. If you win, you then visibly display your pedigree for one year. Yeah. The medals mean nothing. Yeah. If you get second, you're not, not going to walk around wearing the medal all so year. So the problem is the jersey. The jersey. The jersey the, trumps everything, doesn't it? It kind of eclipses everything. it. So the, the medal yeah. seems a little bit secondary, doesn't it? it yeah. Kind of, it's, I mean, to have a rainbow jersey. Because then also you get the right to always have the rainbow bands. Yeah. You become a world champion. Yeah. And that's almost, it's, it's like you're, you being uh, tattooed for a year. And then permanently you've got the lines. Yeah. And, and everyone, and no one, you get respect for silver, bronze, but it's kind of like, nah, bad yeah. luck. It's not the Olympics. Everyone comes back, got a silver, got a bronze. And it's like, nah, that's shit. But yeah, internally, I mean, I remember speaking to you I think minutes after you got your silver medal in Geelong in 2010? 2010, yeah. 2010. And I know, I know you well enough to know that you were, you know, that was one of your career highlights, wasn't it? That was one of your I greatest moments yeah. on a bike, yeah, you yeah. know. So internally, yeah. you knew the value of that. So it's just that yeah. externally, it doesn't get measured by the same... Yeah. Is that, is, do you see what I'm getting at there? Like, I do completely, because uh, Geelong was more because I was coming back from my ban and I was only three years into racing again. Yeah. And I wanted to match all my results from my first part of my career. And I knew that I was, so I was already, what, 33 in 2010. Yeah. I was off the back and I didn't have amazing support. But regards, equipment, etc. 
but I knew that I stood a chance yeah. of, of beating Fabian. And Fabian and I, at that point, Fabian and I could go head to head at times. Yeah. And even in t- 2008, he, he used to be scared of me. And, but I knew, I, deep down, I knew I couldn't beat him. Yeah. But I thought, you know what, I'm going to try. Yeah. And so it was a two lap course and I ripped up the rule book and did the first lap as fast as I could. Oh, and put a positive split. A positive split, Ooh. which I never do. I never do. I never do. No split. one does that. Yeah. And I had 50 seconds on him uh, after the first lap. But the thing is, I came through and I came through the arch and I knew it and I had the radio and, and I thought, he's going to start coming now. <laughs> and I spent that whole last lap just knowing he was coming. Fearing Cancellara. And he was just, and I could see the time checks and, and he did. And I just destroyed myself and I collapsed after the finish line. And he put a minute and a half into me yeah. on that second lap. Uh, but it was. But then I, I got second, and Tony Martin was third. So it was Tony, Fabian, me, and Tony Martin. That's pretty good. It was pretty good. It was cool. But yeah. So, but that's personal, and no one else really cares. I got silver. I care, David. Thanks, Ned. Yeah. 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 Care about Tony Martin as well. He's just stopped, hasn't <gasps> he? That's a good story. That's a great story. So the the audience here, if you do care about things, uh, <laughs> it's. Uh, <laughs> Tony, <laughs> so, Tony. So, no way. so Ned's, uh, he loves Germany and really loves Germany and is. A, well, I, I, no, I have a. No, no, hang on. no, no, you love it. You're wearing your three lines top. Yeah. But you speak German. You, you, yeah. But you've become very dear friends with <laughs> Tony Martin's dad. Who I've never met. Yeah. Only by telephoning him yeah. and talking to him. Has and he called kind of you like, this week? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Of course I have. Carsten. Carsten. Paint, a, paint a picture. Carsten, well, Carsten was, Carsten was a good, so Tony Martin's dad was a really good cyclist back in the day in the late 70s, early 80s in the East German system. Yeah. He wasn't quite good enough to be one of their, you know, great, great riders, but much more to the point, he was loose. He didn't care. So he grew his hair long in East Germany. He listened to the Rolling Stones. He was into this, that and the other. And he was obviously a pain in the ass to the East German system. And before too long, he was kicked out. Um, and he went, well, good riddance, I wasn't bothered anyway, sort of thing. And then he went through various different, he had a, one marriage that failed and another marriage. And then shortly before the, um, you know, the end of East Germany in 1989, just weeks before the country actually collapsed and the borders were flung open, he actually smuggled Tony, who was four years old and his younger brother, out of the country in the back of a trabby at, at gunpoint. Wow. So um, Carsten and I, for whatever reason, communicate a lot these days and um and, and so i feel and and, and I, you know i message tony as well occasionally and i feel a lot of affection for him and i'm i'm glad that he's gone out on a high because he won the mixed relay saw that, event yeah. for germany yeah. which i didn't i didn't think they were the necessarily the best team either for the men or the women mm. but actually that's such an interesting event if you saw it because yeah. what that taught us was that you need to have kind of on average the best team mm. Because Italy had this amazing men's team of Sobrero, Affini and Ghana and a really good women's team of Elisa Longoborghini and two other riders. Okay. And that sunk them, yeah. you know. So you need to have this kind of super consistent thing yeah. over. So it's really interesting to see that Germany won that. And I, that, by the way, I really love that event. Yeah. I think it's, re- I think it's that's got the second year they've done it. The yes, they, they didn't do it last year yeah. at the Worlds because the Worlds were abridged, weren't they? And they yeah. it dropped off the radar. So yeah. that was the only the second year at the Worlds they've done it since Harrogate, where it was okay. debuted. Yeah, where the Dutch the Dutch just crushed it. Yeah, but what the Dutch did, they basically fielded the same team this year, two years on. The yeah. men were exactly the same, and I think the women were pretty much the same team. Yeah. The women were much stronger than the men's team, yeah. um, and it, they got away with it in Harrogate, doing it that way mm-hmm. round. 
this time everyone had kind of looked at the event and gone, well, maybe we'll pay it a little bit more attention now. Yeah. And I think, you know, having seen what Germany did, I think it's going to be a really good event going forward. It's and, super cool. Because when yeah. you see the Olympics, the, the mixed relay in swimming. Yeah. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. It's and why not? Crazy. I mean, literally, yeah. why not? Why, haven't, why, why has it yeah. taken us this long to figure this out? Cycling. 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 Yeah. Um, um, and Ellen van Dijk won the women's individual time trial, which was an amazing comeback story. Because Swiss, Austrian, or comeback Karen. Uh, Marlon Reusser. She was super pissed off. Yeah, she was. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. well, fair enough. She got yeah. second place. You yeah. should have been angry. Yeah, I should have been angry. But yeah, she would have been happy with the silver. The woman who the won silver. The Ellen Van Dyke. Ellen Van Dyke. It's a, it's a great comeback story because she's already won it once, but a long time ago in 2013. Mm. But this year, her, she's a classic specialist, right? She's, she's all about the Paris-Roubaix, which got, you know, she may well go on and win Paris-Roubaix, by the way, the women's race, which is in a couple of weeks' time. Um, but uh, her classics campaign season was completely derailed by COVID. Mm. And she came back from that and... Um, and she won the European road race in, in Trento, which is like, she's never won that many road races like that. And then she went on and, and a week later, 10 days later, she won the time trial as well. So she's the reigning, you know, that's pretty, and then in the world championships. So that's, that's pretty, that was a pretty cool story. And then, and then there was a pause in the racing um, uh, after the junior time trial uh, things. And then there was a, the road racing started today because we're recording this late, Late on Friday evening, David, and there have been some notable results. Yeah. Most notable of which is that um, uh, in Biniam uh, Grumai, we have the first... Oh, this is amazing. The first ever Africa, black African medalist at the World Championships, the World Road Race Championships. Um, and he has been, he's 21 years old, and he comes from Asmara, the capital of Eritrea, which is cycling central in africa mm. there is no city in africa more kind of engaged with road race uh, sorry with cycling full stop but also with road racing from a country that expresses itself with road racing better than any other country in africa um and finally 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 after all the promise of mahawi kudus daniel tekla hymenot of recent years we've got a really major achievement there to hang our hats on with with a with the sort of thank you very much with the support can I give you my interview? Um, with the support, you know, with, with the future of kind of black African racing in mind. Because it's been, it's been too long since, you know, we've all been saying pretty soon there's going to be a black African great. And we've had good riders, but this, this guy might be a great. So how is the, that scene happening? Because it seems it's well, so hard for them to do it. Well, I think you have to credit the UCI World Centre. So he's been one of the Egler He has. Boys. He spent two years in Egler okay. yeah. at the UCI World Centre, which is, you know, for those who don't know, it's set up, it's one of the few things that UCI have done really well, I think. They've, mm. they've set up a training camp and base there uh, to support riders who come from countries who have no support. Mm. And essentially in Eritrea, that's the case, despite their, mm. their heritage, which is really interesting why, yeah. they, why they are so steeped in cycling. It's because of their Italian... I'll do for our listeners as well, because yeah. also for me, where is Eritrea? Where is Eritrea? Live audience, put your hands up if you know where Eritrea is, roughly. One hand, one and a half hands go James up. knows. That hand doesn't really count because she comes from Africa. Um, the Horn of Africa. Yeah, yeah. yeah two. Ask, uh, James, answer. <laughs> where is Eritrea? Is uh, next to Ethiopia. It's next to Ethiopia. In fact, they're at war at the moment. Um, yeah. oh. They're that close to each other. <laughs> yeah. that they, That's they're, a specific 
they're kind they're yeah. kind of fighting in the south yeah. of Eritrea or is it south of Ethiopia? I can that out. I'm yeah. letting my geography down there. Yeah. But both Ethiopia, which lays claim to being the only African country that was never formally a colony at all. Wasn't it? No. Um, so it, Italy, Italy, had, Italy had Italy <laughs> had a, a hold over it yeah. and a control of it, but never was it formally a colony. Huh. Um, Eritrea was an Italian colony, so that was Italy's huh. bit of Africa. Huh. And but it is for that reason that both Ethiopia, to a certain extent, but certainly Eritrea, are steeped in cycling culture oh, uh, because the Italians, that. you know, that the colonial well, they, it's, it's they left it behind them. They left huh. a trace of it behind them. That's and Asmara has the highest rates, the capital of cycling in Africa per head of the population, you know, by a country mile, yeah. by a country mile. That's so, a, yeah. but I think that's really, you know, I'm really pleased that's happened because something needs yeah. to really it has kind to of li- light that It's kind of, we talk about women cycling and then we talk about, but it is, it's the elephants in the room that it's just, it's just white people racing bikes. Well, it still is mostly. Well, it is. That's what I mean. Yeah. It is. It is. And so, because, but then you go into the socio-economics of it and the geo. Here's the thing, Gurmai, right, mm. as an 18-year-old, as an he's 21 now, so does that, is my maths right? Anyway, in 2018, he beat Remco Evenepoel in a junior stage race in a bunch sprint to take the victory. Come on. Yeah, he, he's better than Remco, David. I don't believe it. <laughs> I'll take it. He's better than Remco, no. yeah, yeah. Um, so I got to just this a little bit of AOB, Ned, yep. is you're here this weekend and it's your second time in Girona. yep and we spoke about this briefly before briefly the podcast is about an hour and a half long i think yeah i think so oh it's, that one no no but, but i mean just now on the terrace oh just, oh just now in real life and you said okay. you felt it was different coming back here now well i can't explain hope. king of Girona now anyway yeah you know everyone knows you. But, yeah. <laughs> you're globally famous as our polish friends say yeah. <laughs> stop listening she stopped listening good good um uh yeah, I mean, it's true. The first time you go to somewhere as, you know, kind of fascinating and historical and different as this place is, mm. and do go back, you know, listeners, if you hadn't listened mm. to our Girona special, I think it's relatively good, wasn't it? It's quite informative. It's our third most listened to podcast of our 80-odd. There you yeah. go. Um, but then I learned an awful lot about this mm. place, and um, I've come back with someone who's never been here before. Mm. And um, so for four hours, we walked around a bit today and it felt great to be able to go, know a bit about this. Yeah. I know about St. Felix. I can tell you the story about mm. the flies mm. that came out of the, 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 tomb. the tomb. When they yeah. opened it up, the French opened it up yeah. and the flies chased, that came off his corpse, chased the French out of town, which is why Girona, yeah, Christian, Girona is the, is the city of the, of the flies, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember all that. And then we went once again to the Jewish Museum. Oh, did you? It wasn't open? Or you couldn't, I couldn't go in there last time. It's so good. And I learned one more thing about oh. that. Because um, I, kind of what really stood out for me, learning about the history of the Jews in Girona, why, you know, the way that Jewish history finds its expression in Spain and Catalonia is no different from the rest of Spain in this regard, full stop, is that Jewish history stops in 1592 in Spain, in the Iberian Peninsula. It stops. Yeah. You know, the Alhambra decree and everything that followed with the, with the Spanish Inquisition mm-hmm. brutalized the Jewish population to such an extent 
that they could life was no longer tenable. Mm. You know, this is long before Adolf Hitler hatched his plan yeah. in the 20th yeah. century. Life was no longer tenable in Spain. It was leave or it was, gen- it was yeah. genocidal. Yeah. Um, and they and they left, and those few that s- remained and survived through centuries did so completely in secret. You know, mm. by changing their names and changing their identities and all this sort of thing. Um, and then I found uh, just a little nugget of history that really interested me today about um, uh, about so how, how where did those Jews go? Well, a lot went to Italy, and there they remained throughout this kind of sixteenth, seventeenth, and eighteenth centuries. But they moved on from Italy as well mm. to parts of Greece and to the Balkans. Yeah. And um, there is such a thing called the Sarajevo Haggadah, and I might have mispronounced that, but it's an old religious text that dates back from the 14th century. It was basically an illustrated book about how to practice your faith, written in 1350 in Girona. And it ended up going to Italy when the the Jews were driven out and then ultimately being gifted in the late 19th century to the museum in Sarajevo. Now, why Sarajevo? Sarajevo is the capital city of Bosnia and Herzegovina, which is the only European country, if you like, with an indigenous Muslim population. That's where your daughter's gone to university as well. As well as a yeah. Jewish, uh, as well as a Jewish heritage, right? Huh. And this, um, this incredibly important religious text was housed in the museum that it arrived in in the late 19th century. And in the Bosnian war in 1992, when, uh, Sarajevo was being laid, you know, besieged by the Serbian forces that surrounded it. And everyone who lived in Sarajevo, whether they were Muslims, Jews, or even Serb nationals, was suffering as a result. Um, th- there was a museum that was plundered by some... Plunderer. P- plunderers, exactly. Kind of like those semi-military, you know, guys just stealing stuff. Yeah. And they didn't know what they were looking for. And this thing was left on the ground in the sort of, in, in, the, in the water and it was slightly damaged. And only, it was only when the police came later to investigate the scene of the crime that they realized that there was a priceless, literally priceless wow. sort of Jewish scripture there that then was rescued. From here. But anyway, all that, it comes back to Girona. So yeah. never strayed far from Girona in the end. <laughs> yeah. So that's why <laughs> it's called Never Strayed Far. That's why yeah. it calls Never Strayed Far. Yeah, yeah. And I, so I suppose um, one of the things is, because a lot of our listeners are into bikes. Oh, yeah, is, there's that as well. Yeah. There's that, there is that. Yeah. Uh, like bikes. Yeah. And uh, one of the reasons we're doing uh, this event in Girona that we've got going on at the moment, so, uh, parallel to Seattle, is we've launched with Chapter 3. We've, we like bikes, and we do from the, from the road racing, which is where you and I come from, Ned. Yes, well, road you, racing. really, but me also. And, but also then that. street, which is commuting and yep. the back and forth, and that's the Brompton. But we're introducing a new category, which is Chapter 3, Dirt. Yeah. Which is it's about the being a bit more rogue. It's a bit more outdoor. It's adventure. It's, it's non-competitive. It's, it's about discovery. It's about getting lost. And in order for us to do that, we wanted to partner with a company to make a bike. And it's been two years kind of getting this together. And with Ian, uh, who's here, uh, I just want to explain a bit because one of the things we're doing also with Chapter 3 is trying to get more and more companies that we work with to be people we know yeah. rather than invisible. Yeah. And also 
because now all our apparel is done. We make it ourselves. We design it. We develop it. We have our team here. We're finding factories. But when I met Ian, Ian and I, well, I'm going to introduce Ian. Ian, Ian Hughes is the uh, co-founder with his son. It's a father and son business of Viello. Uh, and they're making our gravel bike, which we've just launched. And so, Ian, do you want to give a bit of background on, on Viello? Yeah, thanks. Um, I mean, the first thing I've got to say, just even coming into this podcast, is listening to you guys and an absolute encyclopedia of knowledge, not just of cycling, but of Most history. Of wrong. Don't and fact so, check no, anything. No, no, seriously, man. I mean, it's like, wow, to be invited into this arena is, is, is very, very humbling. So <laughs> thank, thank you for that. <laughs> the magic is working. Okay, <laughs> um, so, yeah, Viello, I, I mean, we kind of met I, I guess from quite a distance um back in the days of scott when you were riding pro for scott um my journey through the bicycle industry was long and wide but we ended up creating our own brand viello back in 2018 with our first gravel bike um and i kind of reached out to you and said hey here's where we are here's what we're doing um just to kind of meet you and i think you were doing some commentary at one of the the the, the tour events with ned met you for breakfast and said look here's the bikes we've got we've got a gravel bike and this road bike what do you think and i remember your 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 kind of face and your you thought wow this is really really cool and i thought are you being polite or do you really really like it uh, you can normally tell when he's just being polite yeah yeah, yeah. i was <laughs> kind of getting with that. how how do i judge this one but anyway um yeah we kind of met from there and built some some ideas from there and you explained that you were going to do a, a kind of a a dirt line towards chapter three and maybe looking for a gravel bike so it all kind of started from there really and and what is it Ian that's this because you come from we know each other from the early 2000s when I was racing Scott and you were running Scott in the UK at the time which uh, at the time was kind of more mountain bikey and kind of but then we I was racing racing road and time trials what did you want to make different with the bike with Viello? I, th- I think, I mean, I've spent a lot of time in the kind of corporate world. Um, we wanted to produce something that was a little bit different, a bit brave, kind of positioning our brand as sort of indie boutique um, away from the corporate brands and trying to identify ourselves as something slightly different, but without being too wacky or too conceptual that would never come to market. So we kind of sat down with some ideas and the gravel sector was starting to grow um and i didn't want to just kind of join that group i think i wanted to position the first gravel bike as kind of road plus where we live in the uk especially up in the northeast of england the roads are terrible um so it needed to be a bike that's going to cope with uk road conditions um but also cross over into gravel and be fast and light and and fun so that's where the whole idea for the first model came for vlo then we went into our second album, which was our road bike. And we really wanted to dedicate that to the whole one by story because we felt that what was coming down the line in a couple of years time from then was 12, 13 speed and the need for a, a double chain ring at the front wasn't necessary. So I we could go. Sorry, sorry, I can see Ned's face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I spoke so, with Ned, so, Ned earlier so on. We were talking one, about one by. One by means there's yeah, only one ring at the front. Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> I didn't know that actually. I was nodding. Yeah, okay, brilliant. One by. Nod was being one polite. Why is it called one, one by? Because it's 
one by 13 gears at the back. Okay, it's a one by. It's a one by. I'm going to call it a one by. I think it's even more yeah, inside right. sounding than one by. <laughs> Instead of two bys, we're one by. Yeah, two by one, mate. Yeah, go on, so, carry on. So yeah, well we, done. We, we, 13 we speed. That's where you left off. <laughs> 12, 13 speed. So or 12 or 13. Take your pick. A, a, a rider that's normally riding compact or semi-compact, we knew that there were the sufficient gears um, across the range with 12 or 13 speed that could be accommodated with just a single chain ring or a 1B. So we, then believe me, people will love this. I know. I know. I know. This is the bit for you guys this and is. girls. This is super, in, this is the stuff. So, yeah, I, th- I think... I think that has a knock-on effect on how you build the frame somehow. Yep, no, you're... Yep, you're, I'm right. You're right. Oh. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have some clever solution to that. We had, had some ideas, yep. um, having kind of said, yeah, we're going to go 1B. 1B. Um, so... Where in. normally you've got a 2B yep. frame, 2B, I like it. The the second yeah. bit of the 2B yeah. is taking up a lot of space in the and frame. That's what I'm thinking. So do away with that space for 1B, yeah. and you can increase the frame lateral stiffness by quite a bit. He's, he's, he's honestly, he's exactly what I'm thinking. That's, <laughs> that's where we came from. Yeah. That was you the first know. bit. That's good. You just know. Yeah. And then the second bit was okay. Who's going to ride our bike? Who are our customers? So we felt present company accepted that not necessarily all of our customers are influenced by what's going on with the pro tour that's very that's, true that's hugely true yeah yeah, mm. it is yeah. The majority yeah so a lot of our customers are not built like pro tour athletes um so we wanted to design the bike to be comfortable yeah and there's kind of the whole modern thing that's going on with wider rims wider tires lower tire pressure more biomechanical efficiency yep are you still with me? Yep. Cool. Yep. Um, so that is the second part of what we wanted to introduce to our road bike frame. Okay. So 30 mil tire, lower tire pressure means more comfort. So that's a big plus. Um, and then in terms of the frame geometry, because we're not bound by UCI rules, we can really change the geometry where we want to. So we can bring the seat tubes further forward the rider further forward um open up the rider's hips more biomechanical efficiency etc etc so that's kind of the whole thought process of what we did to our r plus one road bike cool with a 1b yeah there you go and it's good luck it looks brilliant i have to say it looks absolutely fantastic just waiting for my free delivery but um yeah no that looks great no good luck good luck good luck to you all yeah um no, yeah. it's, it's, it's been great. And I think that's it's a good place for us to end because we're going to do more pods over this weekend. Well, we are. We're definitely going to follow the world, aren't we? As I hope everyone is at yeah, home. The right, what, you guys are going to watch it? Yes. I've got it all set up here behind Brilliant. Us. Okay. We're going to sit Big here tell. and watch. We've got cool. Rohan's coming here so you can schlug. Yeah, tomorrow. I can totally. Uh, I, I think I spotted that um, lad from the Israel Startup Nation who was really good at the Tour of Britain today. There were three. Hollyman. Hollyman. I've forgotten his first name now. I've just been commentating on him every single day for eight days. Hollyman? Anyone? No. Okay. Right. I thought, but he was like, I, I almost felt like it would be a bit obtrusive to go up and say, Oi, Hollyman! A bit like you did with the Yates brothers at the baggage reclaim years ago. Oi, Yates! Yates! Yates. Oi, Hollyman! Is that you, Hollyman? Look at the suitcase. So, Where's his think, name? Where's yeah. his name? Where's his name? Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Great. Can I schlug yeah, Rowan yeah. Dennis? You can schlug Rowan. He'll oh, be here. He'll be loose as well. All right. Brilliant. It'll be loose Rohan. Okay. We can go both ways. Okay. <laughs> yeah. How's our Polish audience? 
Still there? Yeah. So, well, yeah. some sections are. Some are just on the... Yeah? yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're finished oh, yeah. now. Did you enjoy it? Yeah. Yeah, okay, great. I enjoyed it or... Yeah, did you enjoy it? Yeah. Yeah? Perfect. It was perfect. I, well, it, what was your favourite bit of the podcast? It's, uh, it shows that you were massively famous. It shows. <laughs> yeah. It perfect. Cheers, everyone. You're Goodbye. perfect. Bye. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. That's a good show. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.